Welcome to the podcast where all your media wishes are granted. You'll have VIP access to thought leaders in business, media, publishing, and more. Let's kick it with Julie Loken and the Media Casters. Okay, today we are meeting with David Meltzer. He is a motivational speaker. He is a thought leader. He speaks on stages everywhere. He's an author of Connected to Goodness. He also has a podcast called The Playbook. If you don't know David Meltzer, where are you? Have you been hiding underneath a rock? In any event, he's amazing. I had the opportunity to meet with him in Indianapolis in May. And I met him at VCon, which is Gary Vaynerchuk's flagship conference. People were buzzing about him. People were like, I need to meet David Meltzer. I need to talk to him. You know, he talked to Tom Bayou. He talked to Jim. Jim Quick was there. And Jim Quick will be on this podcast, by the way, in a couple months. So, I mean, there were just amazing thought leaders and ingenues. And he just took the time to talk to me like any regular guy. He was so calm. He has everything. You're on the Obsessed podcast now. And we are obsessed with you. And Tia is my co-host as well. Welcome, David. Thank you. Nice to meet you. I am Tia. I work with Julie on the podcast on just all things obsessed with humans on the verge of change. Our all-time favorite is just talking to people similar to you and just hearing about your story and really what how you can help us and our audience to grow and change and make their life a happy place, like the sign in your background. Okay, right on. <laughs> and when Tia and I were just brainstorming earlier, I think the real thing that inspires us about you, not only that you're a podcaster, the playbook, and that you have the amazing book connected to goodness, which is, which I stole from you, by the way, at VCon, uh, that you have the ability to take any situation and find the, not only the humanity in it, but also the ability to find happiness, if you will, in all situations. Yeah, blessed. I mean, it, it's interesting because my general philosophy, which is a faith-based philosophy, a faith that is predicated upon one thing, the best option I can think of, where a lot of people predicate their faith on religion or spirituality, theories, philosophies, being a quantitative person, I just go for like the best option. So I challenge people to think of something better to have faith in than an omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source that loves you more than your mom. And so that's what my faith is based on because it's the best option that I can think of of something to believe in. And once I have understood fully that faith, then I can work within the context of today. I told you time is my love language and that's because everyone's given the same amount of time every day, man-made, constructive, 24 hours a day. And how are you going to spend that? I spend it as efficiently, effectively with statistical success in a trajectory of the unlimited, of the infinite, abundant, all-knowing, uh, unified system of thought that I believe we exist in. And so for me, having daily practices that are in the trajectory of the infinite of what I want or better and to answer your question, it is relying upon one thing, finding the light, the love, and the lessons in everything that's happened. All the people, places, things, events, circumstances, defining moments, setbacks, successes, failures, uh, void shortages and obstacles, there's light, love, and lessons in all of them. 
And if we give it that meaning, we can then apply it in the trajectory as equal to an empowering of the activities that I have today in 24 hours to what? Propel me, promote me towards a better place, a better position, uh, a trajectory of where I think I want to be or better. And so this all-encompassing philosophy, if I pronounce that correctly, has helped me to achieve my mission every day of empowering others, to empower others, to empower others, to be happy, to make money, help people and have fun. Okay, David, I absolutely loved everything you said about just living your life through abundance and the way you articulated that. You've obviously had a lot of experience living this out day to day. So how did you get there? And exactly how do you practice this every day when you are in a spot that you didn't ask to be in? You woke up one day, you got the worst phone call of your life and you don't know how to move forward. Can you give him a little backstory, Tia, so he understands why you're asking this question? (laughs) Yes. So I decided to, I'm going to fast forward. So I felt like I was in a really good place in my life, right? Like I finally, just personally and in like my career and knowing where I was going, like it felt so like, I got this, (laughs) the path is straight. I know what's like, how to take my next step. And it felt so great. And then October 3rd, I woke up. Uh, 2021 and my mom called me and my sister died and it was I can still just feel my heart shattering even talking about it today and it took me a long time to figure out how to I don't even know if I have figured it out how to step forward and take another step in the life of the direction in the direction of my life that I know I deserve to go in and one truly that my sister would want me to live out but I didn't ask to be there I didn't know how to do it how do I take the quality of like your message and actually live it out on a daily basis on those mornings that I don't even want to actually get out of bed because it's so hard? Yeah, it it is for everyone, right? It's hard because we participate in a perception. And this idea of what can I do to learn from this is combined with gratitude and forgiveness, uh, our ability to heal. And healing doesn't occur overnight. There's a practice of forgiveness, a practice of gratitude. There's a practice of uh, this perception. And we allow that practice to heal uh, something that will take time to to heal. And so uh, you asked me the same uh, analogous question of like, hey, what happened to you to get on this journey? And maybe you were thinking too, well, how long did it take you? Uh, what practices do you have? And are you still practicing them? And are you there yet? Are you healed from you know the stupid shit that happened in my life? And I do believe yeah, what's that- What's the people... roadmap? Yeah. And so my, my journey set forth when my wife pointed out the fact that I was lost and that I was going to end up dead. Although I was a multimillionaire worth over $100 million, although I was running the most notable sports agency in the world- So I had access to what billionaires couldn't even afford to do. My wife told me she was leaving me. I had three daughters, gorgeous, healthy daughters. I had everything I ever wanted. I could buy whatever I wanted. And here I wasn't enough for the one person that I love forever. So, um, and I get choked up. uh, 17 years ago, that's what she told me. So you can see I'm not fully healed from the truth that happened in in my life. And 
I was at a point where I hated everyone that loved me the most. I hated my dad, my mom, my best friend, and now my wife because they told me the truth that I better take stock in who I was and what I wanted to become. So I created practices for the last 17 years that have helped me to do three things, to have the right behavior, behaviors and energy, to aggregate in my life by bringing in the right people and the right ideas to provide me exponentiality of outcomes that I want or better and to accelerate it so this healing happens faster. I've had losses in my life of friends. And in fact, my mission is because when I got back, I lost over $100 million, went bankrupt. And when I made it back and I was sitting in my beach house that I'm at today, right there thinking about how blessed am I, my daughter called me crying at 12 that her best friend killed herself. And I still, it doesn't make sense to me. I understand old people, drug addicts, CTE, PTSD, all types of people that may want to take their own life. But a 12-year-old, I was thinking, what can I do? And it's the same question you're asking me. What can I do to help you heal so that you live in abundance, happy, and that you can draw the light, the love, and the lessons from what you've learned about your relationship with your sister, your other friends and family and death. And here's where it came to me. Five daily practices, practices. And these practices help me every day with healing all the areas and learning what it is. And the practice is number one, I wake up every day and I ask myself, what do I want in the trajectory of what I think I want or better? So what do I want personally today, just today, experientially today, giving wise today and receiving wise in the trajectory of where I think I wanna be or better. And then I ask myself, who can I help? And two, who can help me in that trajectory? So if today what I wanted was to empower over a billion people to be happy, I'd ask myself, what do I want personally, experientially giving and receiving in that trajectory? Who can help me in that trajectory of empowering over a billion people? Who can I help? with the trajectory of empowering a billion people. And then third, how? How can I get it done? And then that's where time comes in. And I have to be productive, provide value to others, accessible to others, and access what I want receiving, but also great, gracious, finding the light, the love, and the lessons in everything that I do in the trajectory of trying to empower over a billion people to be happy. When I know what I want today is a practice, who I can help and who can help me and how best I can get that done just today. So I'm not overwhelmed, right? Just today, this is what I want today without emotionally attaching an address to my activities today, but simply a direction, right? My emotions are in the direction of what I think I want or better. It's not, I'll be happy when I'm not sad about my sister passing. I'll be happy when I graduate. I'll be happy when I get married. I'll be happy when I make my first million, my first hundred million, my first billion, whatever it is. When you know what you want, who you can help and who can help you and how to get it done, you now know what's important to you today. And that's all you ever need to know. You need to know what is important to you today in the trajectory of where you think you want to be in the future. Now you can give meaning to the past, the defining moments of your sister passing or my wife 
wanting to leave me or the death of a 12 year old or my best friend killing himself or all the things that have happened in my life, being sexually abused when I was nine, I can actually take those horrible things and find light, love and lesson in something that's happened in my past, but align it where I think I want to be in the future by learning from it, finding the light and the love in it, and then telling myself today, this is important to me. So therefore, this is what I'm going to do now. And this is what I'm going to do next. I call it, you know, your what, your who, and your how, you will know your now. 100% of the things you do now get done. Uh, prioritization comes from knowing what's important to you today in that trajectory. Prioritization is what is the antidote to feeling overwhelmed to feeling, for me, sad. Uh, prioritization, when you're doing things now and you know what to do next, you can't procrastinate either. And so when you know your what, your who, your how, and your now, instead of searching for a why, which I'm sure when your sister passed, you're searching for a why. When I experienced my first you know, death of a friend, like it blew me away. That's when I had no faith. I'm like, how could there be something bigger than me an omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source that loves me more than my mom, but would punish me this way. But instead of searching for why, what I decided was I would shift the paradigm of my life to, I, I don't need to get more happy, more healthy, more wealthy, or more worthy. I am. I am. I am happy, healthy, wealthy, and worthy. What am I doing to interfere with it? And I am all those things because because I'm part of a abundant, infinite, unified system of thought with a source that's omniscient and all-powerful that loves me more than my mom. I'm just too stupid to understand how a 12-year-old person committing suicide could protect and promote me, but I have faith that it is. I have faith that it is because that's the best option that I can take. And I'm going to do nobody any good by adhering to a different option that punishes me, that spirals me, that accelerates me in the wrong direction. And so I'll be more than happy to send you, Julie, and your audience, not only my book, I'll sign it, send it to you, pay for the book and shipping, but these five daily practices as well. And so just have them put in the notes, my email address, david at dmeltzer.com, or just Google my name, David Meltzer, and I'll be happy to send that to everyone. And I can't speak for Tia, you know, I haven't gone through the same situation as her, but I know it is a practice because in my mind, happiness is fleeting. It's not an emotion. It's a fleeting feeling, you know, and people get so discouraged when they're not feeling that high of life. And what do you do when you are down in those depths, you know, because we've all, we all feel it, you know? And I, I like reconciling a 12 year old committing suicide. That is brutal. I just can't. Yeah. I just can't even. Yeah. And, and it's for me, that idea of ease and dis-ease. So instead of, like you said, happiness is fleeting, joy, harmony. Instead, I am part of ease and I look for physically what puts me at dis-ease, mentally what puts me at dis-ease, spiritually, energetically, genetically, what is it that I can identify? And it stems from understanding human nature of there's, you know, when we evoke fear, there's only two types of fear. There's fear of the past and fear of the future. That's all there is. And what happens is when we're afraid, the ego is evoked. 
And according to Freud years ago, he would define it with these words that don't really make sense anymore. Some do, some don't. But, you know, if you're scared, you fight, you flee. Those ones make more sense than the feed and fornicate ones. But addiction, which, you know, this is the obsessed podcast. So addiction is a form of feeding. It is a form that is created by fear that we fear something and so therefore we need to feed ourselves is it with a need to be right offended separate and fear superior is it a need to be anxious frustrated angry guilty resentful or depressed or or worried all our wasted emotions and all will spiral you in the wrong direction and so for me when terrible things happen i always say eight times a day on average i'm kicked in the face and it's how long does it take for me to smile when I get kicked in the face? Is it days, weeks, months, and years? Some things it will take years, but most of the things, minutes and moments. Minutes and moments is all I spend when someone cuts me off and I used to spiral my whole day because someone cut me off, even though I've cut off other people, that only takes minutes and moments. Or somebody offends me because they didn't invite me to a party. That's minutes and moments, but a loss may take years, but I still utilize the five daily practices in order to accelerate myself in the right way. Thank you for sharing that. I think that is applicable in life situations, like so applicable in all different situations. Like you said, from the simple being cutting off to grief, it's applicable and we can actually do this every day and help propel ourselves on that journey because it is a journey. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not supposed to happen overnight. But I love how you are able to make it so it seems at ease, but also that it takes time to practice to get to that ease, but make it make it so we are in the now, we are present, we are living our life as we're propelling ourselves forward. I think that's something I personally have always struggled with. I'm either now or I'm in the future or in the past. Like I'm, I have a hard time living it all at once and still being present as I'm trying to like get to that next step, have that quantitative place I'm trying to go and actually get there and project how to do that. And I love the best option. Like what's my best option right now? And that's not to dwell as to just take moments, 90 seconds, whatever it may be to feel that undesired feeling and emotion, like the worry, the anxiety, the depression. I need to write that on a sticky note for real, like seriously. what is my best option now? Just to remind yourself. And Tia, isn't David like so Zen feeling? Like <laughs> I met him, you know, he's driving yeah. down to Indiana University, IU, my alma mater, to visit his daughter. And he was just like, people are grabbing at him everywhere. And he's just so calm and peaceful. I'm like, I like this guy. It's the energy. Yeah. You know, somebody's yeah. actually practicing what they're preaching yeah. when their energy projects that, like his yeah. does. Let let me finish off with uh, what I call the practice of identifying fear, because we talked about two kinds of fear. And I think this has really helped me. So to apply my why, not search for it, I, one, get in the practice of identifying fear. So when I identify a fear, fear of the past, uh, I'll give you an example for me. I'm extremely disciplined. I study time. I told you that's my love language. I, you know, have uh, behavioral philosophies and theories and, you know, I coach a tremendous amount of people. But one of the things that are genetic and energetic inheritances of mine that are quantum in my nature, they're part of, you know, my own frequency is 
scarcity when it comes to food. And the reason is that I grew up with a single mom and six kids and we had food stamps. We didn't have enough. Five boys, one girl. So if there was ever like two large French fries from McDonald's pulled in, poured into a bowl, which for us was like going to St. Elmo's in Indy, if, if you're from there, right? It's like the nicest restaurant for that I could go to as a kid. I would eat so fast, right? There wasn't enough. And here I'm 55 years old and I can go and do whatever I want to do in my life. I can afford to fly to Paris and eat oysters if I want tonight. But yet I still have this fear when I eat that there's not enough. And so this practice, whatever these fears are, I identify it. I start seeing myself eating really fast or ordering, you know, too much is not that I eat bad things. I just eat fast and eat too much. And so I've identified that in a practice. Now what I do, instead of trying to resist it, which a lot of people do in dieting, right? They resist it. They go over it, under it, through it. They lie, manipulate, cheat it, and deny it. And then they go home and scarf cookies in the closet, you know, after they, you know, ate the salad for dinner instead of just actually stopping instead. And so what I want to tell people is a practice that when you identify fear in your life, your mind, your body, and your soul are on fire. And what I want you to do is practice stopping. Don't resist it. Just practice stopping. Breathe through your nose, out through your mouth, dropping to center, to that ease that you guys feel as if I'm talking in that Zen vibration or frequency that makes you feel calm. Get to that center and then fire. When you're on fire, stop, drop, and roll. And if you start at your age doing that, I promise you, you will live so much of your life at ease. You'll be able to quickly identify disease and be able to utilize the amazing power of energy that aggregates your outcome exponentially come to you and be faster, accelerate towards you. And you will live in abundance. You'll make more money. You'll help more people and you'll have more fun. I promise. Dang. We are like so lucky to you. And thank you. We love you so much. We're going to honor your love language here, David Meltzer. And make sure we Actually, share. Come visit me. We have tons of meetups. And Wait, you were in Chicago. Nick was getting in touch because I'm in Chicago. And I'm, I was like, I wanted to go oh. I was coming back from vacation and you had Julius Irving there. And I was like, oh, dang it. I really want to go to this one. But I would have been like two hours late. And that would not That's be. That's all right. We'll be back. We'll be back. And we're in Chicago, Indy. I'll be back in Indy. I know with Brian Neal isn't too far, Indy. And then mm -hmm. uh, New York, California. You guys, you tell me you have VIP invites for me anytime you want. Just ask. Okay, there we go. <laughs> you don't have to ask us twice, David. We Good. appreciate you so much. Appreciate you. You're amazing. And we're going to share everything in the show notes. We're going to let David go so he can get out of <laughs> his day because you never. I love you both video. because you love gave you. me my time. <laughs> oh, appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Media Casters. You can keep this conversation going and kick in live office hours each week. Visit themediacasters.mn.co to sign up. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe whenever you listen. Let's kick it.